everyone. I'm Rebecca Crick Stratton, and I'm here with a special edition of our podcast. For this episode, I was on site at the recent Educator Academy our tribe hosted as part of our Understand Native Minnesota campaign. It was a day filled with professional development workshops, introducing K-12 educators to different ways of teaching Native American topics. Nearly 300 educators and administrators attended. We had many amazing speakers, including Native authors, artists, and education experts. I connected with a handful of these speakers between sessions to talk about engaging students on Native education topics. These folks had a lot of great takeaways, and I think they will be helpful to not only educators, but parents as well as we begin a new school year. I hope you enjoy today's episode. I'm here with Tori Campbell um, from the Prairie Island Indian Community. Uh, we're here at the Educators Academy. Tori, uh, you're an educator, um, and you're here to, to present and talk a little bit about our bison relatives. Yeah. Um, can you share a little bit about your background in education? Yeah, my background in education. Um, I actually went to school for something totally different. I wanted to own a restaurant and be a chef. Uh, I still have a passion for that. But when I had my kids, I noticed the discrepancies with Indian education in the systems here. I didn't go to school systems here. I grew up in the South. Uh, so I wanted to make sure that my kids were getting the proper things that I wasn't receiving and didn't receive when we were younger. Um, yeah, the... The education here in the state of Minnesota, while we get, you know, high ratings, uh, the content and the perspective in the narrative isn't Correct. always very diverse. Correct. So I've yeah. noticed that in my children's education, too. Yeah. Well, so what are some of the work you're doing to, to try to change that narrative and offer a new perspective? Uh, some of the things I'm specifically doing myself is making sure that um, Dakota language is accessible to the little kids that I work with. Um, I specifically have it all over the walls and I'm trying to use the language as much as I can and as well as enforcing and reinforcing some of those traditions that we can within the school, the little things that are acceptable. We do have our own like smudging policies and things like that in Red Wing, so I get lucky that I can bring those things to teach the kids like, oh, hey, let's step outside, take a break. We're going to go smudge down for a minute. You know, I think you need a second to cool off, things like that. Um, and just making sure that when, even when I am doing academics, that I am trying to pull those little pieces of our morals in and traditions and our virtues as well. So do you have any advice for, you know, teachers in, in our mainstream K through 12 about maybe how to be more comfortable or to access resources um, to teach a, a more diverse perspective about Native Americans? I would say my best advice would be to ask not and not to be afraid to ask, not to be afraid to reach out with you have a student in your classroom. Ask, ask that parent. Maybe they're willing to come in and help you out or, you know, just a quick email, see if it's appropriate or if you have a parent committee. Um, definitely reach out or your liaisons, whoever you have or it, whatever is accessible to you if you're near a community or whatever you might have access to, to definitely ask those questions because they're not always easy questions and most people are willing to, okay, I'll, I'll show you. So Yeah, I think that's great advice. Don't yeah. be afraid to ask. Not be afraid to ask. Yeah. Yes. I'm here with Darlene uh, St. Clair. Darlene, thank you so much for joining us at the Educators Academy today. Um, you are a presenter here, but you also um, run a wonderful teacher training program um, in Nisswa. Nisswa, uh, yeah, yeah, in the summers. Um, can you tell us uh, maybe a little bit about 
your experience um, and why we, we need these training programs. Yeah. So, by the way, thank you, Mitakuye, for inviting me to, to talk with you about these issues. They're so close to my heart. It's really where I'm investing so much of my energy. Um, the Native Studies Summer Workshop for Educators, NISPA, is um, kind of a one-week workshop where teachers or educators broadly defined can learn about Native people in Native communities. I think that is just that change in, in location and space kind of opens up opportunities for educators. So I've been doing this since 2008. Uh, so I've been going around to Native nations around and Native communities around um, Minnesota for all that time and developing these relationships. So I now like am so blessed to like know folks in lots of different communities. Uh, I work with the, the tribe. The nation says they invite us in. We want you to come. Uh, we work with the government to make sure that we are invited. We ask them, how do you want your community to be um, understood by educators? Um, and we work with community presenters, and they talk about the community in lots of different facets. But it is something we're talking about Native Nations of Minnesota, so we kind of start broadly where we're talking about uh, federal Indian policy and really not just about how it affected Native people, but actually how it continues to affect the students in your classroom. Um, so we're talking about that. We talk about arts and cultural expressions. We talk about elders, the roles of elders. And we talk about, um, you know, education more broadly defined. We think about the state of education in Minnesota and where we're at that, at that time. So folks have like this really rich opportunity to see a community, but not from an outsider perspective. We see a community from the way the nation wants us to see the community because they're like really co-developing the content. So we're there for a week and uh, make connections. And then I make sure and let people know that the expectation is this is not just a filling your head with new experiences. This is about how you make a commitment to change your practice whether you're an administrator, whether you're a teacher, a professor, a paraprofessional, whatever you do, we expect that after the, the hosting of that community and how much that community is offered to you, that you are making a commitment to make change in your sphere. Um, and that might be in your work, but I think it's also in people's personal lives as well. So it's an awesome opportunity. I've had people come multiple times because uh, a session at Boys Fort and a session at Prairie Island that you learn much di many different things. These are these are communities with like rich and diverse histories. There certainly is things that are shared amongst the Native Nations of Minnesota, but people have different stories. So we're really about how do we empower the Native Nation to like tell their story in a way that they want educators to hear and understand. And Hi, Eden. How are you today? Oh, good. Nice to see you. Rebecca. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. Um, we're here at the Educators Academy. Um, you're with the Humanities Center. Can you tell us a little bit about the Humanities Center and the work you do there? Yeah, so my name's Eden Byer. I'm a Humanities Officer in the Humanities Center. And we do a lot of different kinds of work. But the work specifically that I'm here to talk about today is um, I'm going to be presenting a session on teaching American Indian content to all. And it's near and dear to my heart as a former sixth grade teacher teaching Minnesota studies or Minnesota history back in the 90s. I, um, I was one of those teachers who 
I think, you know, I perpetuated the invisibility of Native people unknowingly because I had so many gaps in my own education and I had, I had no access to really good resources at that time. And I was like, I think a lot of teachers are a little bit hesitant and afraid to maybe say the wrong thing, you know, not understand the content. And, um, and so I'm so excited now that I've learned so much through my work at the Humanity Center, and I've met some amazing program and great people, and have had access to incredible resources, some of which the Humanity Center has created. Now I get to share that with teachers today. You know, I'm really excited that the, this campaign has been well-received, it seems, in, in every arena, and we've um, been fortunate to have some really great partners to help further this work in. The Humanities Center is one of those partners. Can you talk a little bit about uh, some of the resources the Humanities Center has to offer educators? Yeah, so um, in regards to specifically Dakota and Ojibwe resources, uh, probably the, the biggest resource we have is this wonderful traveling exhibit, uh, Why Treaties Matter, Self-Government in the Dakota and Ojibwe um, Nations. And um, this exhibit tra- has been traveling the state for a number of years. It's on permanent display at the Minnesota State Capitol. And um, there's an accompanying website for anybody, but particularly educators, to come to treatiesmatter.org where they can access all the content from the banners, video content, um, multiple lesson plans that provide background and activities to um, students. And so that's one very wonderful resource. We also have a variety of other video interview types of resources, some lesson plans, um, take educators on experiences like learning for place or dote and provide resources to support that work. Uh, so that's just a sample of some of the resources. Yeah, can you comment a little bit on you know, why this work is so important? Yeah, you know, Minnesota history is very encompassing. And if we're only teaching one aspect of our history, we're leaving out so many people and um, perpetuating this misunderstanding, invisibility. So we, we need to, all students, not just Native students learning about their own heritage background, but everybody needs to understand this um, important history, what's happening today. And as an educator, you don't necessarily know who's in your classroom. You don't know if you have Native students in your classroom necessarily. And um, so it's just important to make sure that you are teaching accurately, that you're reaching all of your students and um, helping everybody be more um, I guess, open and understanding about all the different communities that make up this place where we are. In this episode, I was able to speak with two fantastic Native authors, Art Coulson and Tom Peacock. Art is a children's book author writing books like The Creator's Game about a young lacrosse player. His most recent book, Chasing Bigfoot, is a novel for middle schoolers about a boy connecting to his Cherokee heritage. You can learn more at artcoulson.com. Tom is also an author, writing both nonfiction and fiction books. He and his wife own Black Bears and Blueberries Publishing, which focuses on creating and developing Native books written by Native authors and illustrated by Native artists. You can see their catalog at blackbearsandblueberries.com. Now back to our episode. I'm here with Tom Peacock, uh, one of the vendors at our Educators Academy here at Mystic Lake Center. Um, Tom, thanks so much for being with us. Uh, You and your wife own a publishing company, uh, Black Bear and Blueberries Publishing. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about uh, how you came to be in the publishing business and maybe a little of your background? Certainly. Um, I'm a retired educator. I started my career as a teacher and then I 
moved into administration. I was a high school principal and school superintendent. And then about 20 some odd years ago, um, went into higher ed, uh, teaching at the university of Minnesota Duluth in the education department. So, so when we retired, we decided um, our way of giving back would be to start a publishing company and publish native books. It's a very small niche um, with a small market. And uh, we saw a need for getting those books out, sticking to the Midwest. And uh, so with uh, Lakota, Dakota, and Ojibwe, primarily in my books. So for educators, if you had to give them some advice about finding and sourcing good material, um, what would your advice be? Well, um, many years ago, when Minnesota had a state board of education, I was a member of that board, and and I still ask the same question that I did way back then, um, as a member of that board. I, had, I looked at it this way: is one, what do we want Native kids to know, do, and understand when they graduate from Minnesota school? You know, that's the first question. And the second question is, what do we want all children? to know, do, and understand about Native people when they graduate from the Minnesota school. And so that question is still pertinent today. And so the books that we publish, um, at least from my perspective, we're still trying to, I'm still trying to answer that, those two questions. Yeah. All right, thanks so much for joining us here at the Educators Academy. Um, you are an author. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your background? And sure. sure. Yep. I'm a, a writer primarily for young audiences. I write uh, books from everything from preschool picture books to um, uh, more kids uh, novels for high school kids um, with Native characters, um, written books, you know, stories that take place in our communities, um, and just really enjoy writing uh, for young people, uh, both Native young people and non-Native kids who need to learn a little bit. Fantastic. Um, can you talk a little bit about advice you have for teachers about teaching Native content? I know there's a hesitancy because sometimes they just don't feel equipped. Um, what would you say to them? There are so many resources available. You know, the, the things that the Shakopee community is doing in Understand Native Minnesota, great resource. Um, I mentioned American Indians and children's literature, but even in Minnesota, if you're in a school district that has an American Indian program, connecting with the staff of your American Indian program and the parents on your parent committee, they're great resources for letting you know what are appropriate books and what are not maybe some great books for your classroom. So I think that's, that's a really good first step is just getting connected with that program. But I always hope that educators and their students leave with when I go on a school visit or when I attend a conference like this, think of us in the present tense and also think of our future. Don't always think of us in the past tense. I, when I was a kid and I was learning in school, you know, that one paragraph in the social studies book about the trail of tears we always had, that is not who, that is not who we are as character people in our totality. I mean, it's something that happened something that we, you know, participated in and, you know, had a big effect on us. But we're more than that. We're, we're here today and we have a bright future as well. We want to provide a future for our kids and our grandkids and their kids, you know, just as everybody else. Is. So I, I really just want people to stop just talking about us in the past. 
All right. I'm here with Tony Drews. Uh, Tony, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, you're one of our presenters here at the Educator Academy, and you have one of the more fun, interactive presentations. Uh, tell us a little bit about the educational games you've developed. Uh, thank you, and I really appreciate the opportunity to be here. Uh, we have developed a whole catalog of games inspired with Ojibwe language and culture. We have three reimagined traditional games. Just by playing those games, you're embedding yourself in our culture and language. You're not, there's not a need to learn about it because you're just doing it. And then we have a, a catalog of games that are contemporary that are based with the Ojibwe language and culture. And all of our games are meant to be the catalyst to talk about language and culture. I was working in Indian education with some of our suburban natives and trying to teach them their language and culture through the resources that are out there now really wasn't going anywhere. And one day I, just, I had a moccasin game at home and I brought it in for no reason, just for exposure. And I seen the, the interest in the questions. And at that moment I was like, I got to figure out a way to capture this every day. So that's kind of where we got to start. Before we wrap up here, can you tell us a little bit more about your company and, and maybe some of the other work that goes along with it? Definitely. Um, our Native youth are our priority. Uh, we donate over 50% of our profits back into the community in the forms of scholarships and other community investments. We've helped um, some local powwows with some um, seed money. We've given out $4,000 with the scholarships this year alone. And the faster we grow and the more money that we get, the more scholarships and the more investments we'll be able to make. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for your work supporting our Native communities. Thank you for your work. I'm here with James Vukulich. Uh, you have a pretty extensive background in Ojibwe language. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? I can. Well, I suppose it's a traditional greeting would be good. Hello, all of my relatives. Kage Gobble and Dishnikas. My name is Kage Gobble. I'm also James Bukwich. I'm Turtle Clan. And then the descendants of Turtle Mountain Oji. Um, you know, and across the world, indigenous languages are, you know, disappearing at an alarming rate. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, why it's so important for indigenous people to preserve their languages? When I first started learning the language, uh, and this was 100% with every elder and fluent person which speaker I had a chance to talk to and learn from. They all agreed on this one point. If you want to know the history, the culture, the spirituality, the philosophy, it's all in the language. And um, in my talk to seven generations and the seven grandfather teachings, we look at how there have been a number of teachings that are literally embedded in the words we use every day. And so if we lose those words, then uh, those teachings are consigned to silence. And they don't need to be. They absolutely don't need to be. And they have things that they can share with us and where we're going in the future. I think these are incredibly important. And I think someone coming seven generations from now deserves to hear these teachings just as much as we Thank you for joining me for the Native Minnesota podcast. For more episodes, please subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can also visit our website, understandnativemn.org, to learn more about our campaign's work to improve the Native narrative in Minnesota's public schools.